Hello, I'm Dwayne Peters with the Lupus Foundation of America, which is the founder and owner of the open access journal Lupus Science and Medicine that is produced by BMJ. On this podcast, we will be discussing the manuscript Low Lupus Disease Activity State is an Obtainable Treat-to-Target Goal in Childhood Onset SLE. Our guests are Dr. Sylvia Compass, Pediatric Rheumatologist and Associate Professor at the Department of Pediatric Rheumatology at the Erasmus MC Center in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, and Dr. Javad Wadat, a medical doctor in the Department of Immunology and Pediatric Rheumatology at the Erasmus MC Center and a PhD student working in the group of Dr. Sylvia Compass. Dr. Wadat, let's begin our discussion by providing an overview of the concept of low lupus disease activity state. What does that mean? How might that be different from clinical remission? And what do we know about the benefits of achieving LDOS, especially as it pertains to childhood onset lupus? Low lupus disease activity state is a state of disease remission described by the group of Professor Eric Morand in 2017 that basically allows low levels of disease activity in patients who are on stable treatment and low-dose prednisone. Yet clinical remission does not allow low disease activity and also is more stringent in this cutoff value for prednisone usage. What is important to mention about clinical remission is that we identify two types of clinical remission, one being on the treatment. These patients are allowed to receive low-dose prednisone and immunosuppressives, and also the serological activity is also accounted in this measure. The other one, called the clinical remission of treatment, does not allow any prednisone usage or immunosuppressive usage, basically. And I think what is important to know about LLDAS is that LLDAS has been associated with less damage accrual, um, reduced flare frequencies, um, corticosteroid sparing, and even an improvement in health-related quality of life in adult SLE patients. So in adults, we have a lot of data on low lupus disease activity, but in children, data are until now lacking. Dr. Campus, your thoughts, please. What's also important about uh, low lupus disease activity state or low LDAS is that it's an achievable state. And if you go to clinical remission, as Javad uh, mentioned, it's much more stringent. And there's only few patients that actually reach clinical remission. And then it's hard to, if you have only a few patients that reach it, it's hard to also decide the benefits because there's so many patients that are not getting into it that it's been hard to also evaluate those patients in clinical remission. What's really the benefit? So with low lupus disease activity states, there's something that is achievable in a lot of patients. And now you can actually look into those patients, thanks to the work of uh, of Professor Moran and also uh, Professor Vollenhoven, is that we now can look into those patients and define whether indeed this makes a difference for them. And it seems indeed that it makes a difference. Those patients have lower risk of damage development and lower risk of dying from the disease. So it's really something that, you know, we actually help them with to achieve. And if they have achieved low lupus disease activity state or low LDAS, then you can go for your next aim, your next target. But if you aim for the, in the end of the horizon target, clinical remission, you sort of lose your faith, I guess, because if it takes more than a year or two years to reach that, you don't know what to aim for in between. You 
keep on keeping your medicines the same, maybe keep on doing pregnancy on the same. So that's why it's so important to have an aim, a target that is reachable. And in adults, it's shown that low LDAS is reachable. So in other words, achieving a low lupus disease activity state might be a more realistic and obtainable target. And consequently, the physician might be able to employ a less aggressive drug therapy, which over time could be better for the patient. Is that correct? It's all about treat to target, actually. This has been defined because we need a target to aim for. And if your target is too far away, you won't use your medication optimally because you think, oh, I have time. You know, if I don't reach it in three months, let's just keep on the same. We'll do it in six months. If you make your targets challenging, but reachable, it helps you to use a medication that's there and also new medication that's there to add in for your patients. If you use a target that is not reachable on the short term, maybe doctors won't use it. And I think that's the important thing. You should have an achievable target, but it should also be challenging a bit, but achievable in you know some time. And I think only then you'll be using your therapy more aggressively. I think if you don't have a target that is only within a year or two years, I think you'll be too non-aggressive. You will be more allowable in just letting the patient go and allow disease activity that in the end is probably not as well. And that's, again, something that is really important that it's been shown in adults that indeed this low lupus disease activity state is associated with less damage and better survival of our patients. So from a psychological point, the patients feel that they are making progress and there's more hope for a better outcome. So that's interesting. So I'm in an international task force defining targets, and we have a patient there too. One of her, so a patient actually mentioned that having a target that is achievable makes a lot of a difference psychologically, because then it feels that at least you're not a failure if you don't reach the target all the time. So that's an important thing too, from the patient point of view. Okay, let's move on now to discuss the study itself. Can you describe the reasons for conducting this study among patients with childhood lupus? Specifically, what did we already know about LDOS and what new data were you hoping to learn? So first of all, we were convinced of the fact that children are not small adults. We wanted to know more about whether children were able to reach low lupus disease activity score. So when we started the study, we didn't know much about low lupus disease activity, to be be honest. It started all in 2021, when at the ULAR conference, Professor von Follerhofer and Professor Moran gave a talk about clinical remission and low lupus disease activity score. And that triggered us because one of the first questions that came up from the audience was whether there was any data in children available. And actually, both of them agreed that there was no data published until then. So since we had this beautiful cohort of children with lupus patients in the Netherlands, we sought to unravel whether we could say something about these measures like the clinical remission stage and also the low lupus disease activity score and whether this was an achievable target in our patient population. And we didn't expect that much. We wanted to see whether what the results were from a real-life cohort, because that's what we do. That's the daily practice. We continued with treating these patients. And at the end, we just wanted to evaluate what the effect of the medication and the treatment that we already had started these patients on was in the last six to seven years that we followed these patients. Now let's talk about the structure of your study. So how did you go about identifying and recruiting the study participants, and how did you obtain the data for your analysis? 
it's important to note that the situation in the Netherlands is maybe quite different from the situation in the USA. So in the Netherlands, we have a very strict referral system. So patients all first go to the GP, general practitioner, even children. We have no private practices for children in the Netherlands. So they all go to the GP. So the GP sees the children and refers them to the general pediatrician. Then the general pediatrician hears the history and checks the patients and then decides whether they can treat them themselves or whether they need to send them to an academic hospital. So it's really a chain of care. The delay in getting patients to my clinic with rheumatic diseases is actually pretty low when you compare to other countries. And I think it's because it's chain of care. And that's important to note because I think that's also the basis for why our patients do well. Because we get them referred, I would say, in quite an early way because our general pediatrician selects the patients. Another thing is that patients with childhood onset lupus will not be treated by general pediatricians in our country. That's a rule that we designed already 10 years ago that all lupus patients and specifically actually all patients, all children with systemic diseases, autoimmune diseases like lupus, it's too rare a disease to be treated by general pediatricians. And then lastly, wanted to add about the situation in the Netherlands, which makes us different from the United States and a lot of other countries, even in Europe, our insurance system is actually quite good. We have a obligatory insurance system and for children, it's sort of free and medication is not on the budget of the patient or the parents. So medication is on the budget of the insurance. And I am as a doctor free to use medication like acetyprine, but also mycophenolate, mofetil, but also biologicals, rituximab or belimumab. So having said that... It's a pretty logical choice then to, you know, collect clinical data on every lupus patient that we have in a standardized way. So we collect from every patient in my clinic, we collect history data and physical examination data and laboratory data so that we can calculate disease activity scores. So for every patient, we have a PGA, Physician Global Assessment. We can calculate a BILAC which is the British uh, score for disease activity in lupus. And we can calculate a, a SLEDI, which is also a disease activity score. And we can do that because we do our lab works very standardly at each visit. We do our clinical evaluation, the same at every clinic visit, and uh, our physical examination. And this is all because we have standardized uh, forms where we collect our data in. And of course, we all have electronic patient files, which is our source data. And it's just being filled in the same. As we have a focus on lupus, we have very little missing data because we're so focused on collecting those. So this is actually really a real life study. We're reporting what we do in daily clinical practice regarding treatment. How do we treat these patients? And I must say, I work now for, um, I focus on lupus for maybe 10, 15 years right now. And I learned it from the best in Toronto. I want to mention that too, for my boss, Earl Silverman, and my colleagues in Sick Children Hospital in Toronto. And I brought that back to Europe, all those experiences. And first, we treat with different DMARTs, but actually the last, I think, five to six years, we have a very uh, standardized approach because I really like to treat standardly because that's the only way how you can evaluate your outcome. If you do it differently, then it's going to be hard. Our way of treating is first to decide whether patients need, besides Plaquenil, NSAIDs or maybe low-dose steroids, or if they need MMF, 
That's my first choice of DMARDs at the beginning. So it can be a yes or a no. Some patients need low-dose prednisone. Some need high-dose prednisone. That's also a choice. And from there, we start. And then another very important thing is how we treat our patients is that we always aim to get rid of prednisone. So, and that can be within three months or within six months, depending on the organ domains involved. So if you have renal disease, of course, it will be longer than three months, but still we aim at three months, 0.1 to 0.2 milligrams per kilogram per day, which is pretty low. And again, I can do that because if I can't reach it, I take a little bit more time, but I have all the other medications of choice within reach. So now our aims of treatment are getting rid of prednisone is one thing that we really aim for for a long time, but also to add up and step up earlier with adding, for example, MMF or adding biological treatment, we do for a long time. And in our paper, you can see that there are, you know, a group of patients that never get to a medication like MMF, but that we don't allow high dose of steroids or medium dose of steroids for a longer period than six months. And in the end, what our paper also shows that it, it seems to work. I would like to stress as well that again, in inactive disease is really hard to reach. The definition of clinical remission is hard to reach, but low ALDAS is attainable and really is a good aim because it is within what we show that the, the median of our patients gets to it within six months and with actually not too much steroids. And I think specifically in children, we have an extra argument to stop prednisone. You know, it, it gives damage, we know. Uh, a lot of the damage, if you use it for a long term, is due to prednisone, about 50% of damage. Growth is in is impaired uh, due to steroids. Bone mass, development of bone mass, which you can only do the first 20 years of your life, basically is impaired. And that's another, you know, a strong you know, reason for us to as pediatricians to limit or stop prednisone use. Okay, so now let's get into the results of your analysis. What were the top-line findings? Which patients achieved a low lupus disease activity state? And were there any who didn't? And if so, what were the possible causes or effects that made the difference? And in looking at the results, might complete clinical remission be achievable or not? So our study is the first study which shows that LLDAS can be reached in all the children with lupus. And we showed that LLDAS can actually be reached within six months after diagnosis. And what is interesting in our finding is that this stage was achieved with limited use of corticosteroids and that the patients remained in LLDAS more than 50% of the follow-up time, which is a significant, important finding if you compare these results with the results obtained in adult uh, onset uh, SLE patients. So the other question I think you mentioned was whether there were patients that did or did not reach LLDAS. Well, we didn't find that. We saw that all the patients did reach LLDAS, but the difference between the patients was that some of the patients were, were able to reach LADAS within six months and the other half of the patients was not able to reach LADAS in that period of time. So we looked at factors that could describe this and we saw that the use of uh, the higher dosage of prednisone at three months uh, was associated with less chance to get into LADAS within six months. And also um, that when you started patients on MMF within three months, the chance that they reach LLDAS within six months was much higher. And also the last question about the clinical remission, why we think 
that is maybe less attainable or less achievable than El Aldas refers back to our findings in which we state that El Aldas is a state that could be reached within six months in the majority of the patients, where we see that clinical remission, even on treatment, is achieved in more or less 50% of the patients, but it takes around more than a year to reach this state. And as we discussed before, the fact that you can tell patients that you can get into a stage in a remission stage, basically within six months is much more hopeful than if you tell a patient that it maybe takes more than a year to reach a certain stage. And then only very few patients reach this clinical remission within a year. You know, there are patients that reach it, but a lot of patients don't. And then, you know, we had a patient panel that actually reflected that it's psychologically tough. You know, you can feel like a failure for the whole first year of your treatment. And then only if you reach it. So with uh, low ALDAS, we aim to reach it within six months. We do our best to aim to reach it at six months. If not possible, we at least the latest at six months, we intensify our treatment. And we use actually a step-up treatment like it's used and like pediatric rheumatologists are used to in juvenile arthritis, juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Here we reach up, we step up our treatments and most patients will have their biological treatments at the latest at six months. I'm not saying that every lupus patient should have it, but if we don't have something to aim for, we don't start doing that. And we actually try to do it the same like our juvenile arthritis patients. But I also would like to stress is that there's also a group of lupus patients that don't need much more than Plaquenil. And they start off with high disease activity. And for sure, you can see it in our data too, that at the start, there's high dose of prednisone. So we have like 0.8, if I, if I recall our data, it's 0.8 milligrams per kilograms per day. So that's a high dose of steroids in the beginning. So the difference that we make is that we taper it and we taper it quite quickly if you compare to other countries. So we try to taper it, we use it as induction, and we don't want to get all the side effects associated with long-term use. And that's what you clearly see in the figure in our paper, is that if we can't go down, you know, if we can't taper our steroids, we'll add in MMF, even if they, you know, even if they don't have renal disease, or if they only have skin disease, it's something that we just don't tolerate. We, we want to have them off steroids within three months. Also, if they don't have major organ involvement, but we don't start all patients on MMF because, again, some patients just need Plaquenil, and you can see them in our cohort. Are there any limitations to interpreting this data? The study has some limitations, especially the first one is that it is a single center study with a small sample size. But still, since we have a lot of data, and what we mean by that is that we have detailed data from the time of diagnosis and during each follow-up, we have detailed data from all our patients. We think that the results that we have obtained and we have shown in this study could be translated to other clinics also. So what is important to mention is that we started inclusion of childhood onset SLE patients in 2015 in our own center. But since 2019, we extended our study through the whole of the Netherlands, and we are including childhood onset SLE patients in all academic hospitals uh, at the moment. So at the end, in a few years, we would have all the data available from all the different centers. So we can, first of all, compare the outcome from every center. So we can compare also the therapy that these patients are receiving, but also see whether we are doing as good as we think that we are doing. Well, the community certainly looks forward to additional data from this very interesting study. And I want to thank you both for taking time to speak with us today. 
Our guests have been Dr. Sylvia Compass, Pediatric Rheumatologist and Associate Professor at the Department of Pediatric Rheumatology in Erasmus MC Center in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, and Dr. Javad Wadat, Medical Doctor in the Department of Immunology and Pediatric Rheumatology at the Erasmus MC Center, and a PhD student working in the group of Dr. Sylvia Compass. They discussed their manuscript, Low Lupus Disease Activity State, or LDOS, is an obtainable treat-to-target goal in childhood onset SLE. It is published in the open access journal, Lupus Science and Medicine, and is available for free at lupus.bmj.com. For the Lupus Foundation of America and BMJ, I'm Dwayne Peters. Thank you for listening.